Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint with me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Kimberly, so good to see you. It's been a long time. Good to see you. Are you ready for the summertime? I'm so counting the days. I know that you're <laughs> the kind of person that likes to soak up some rays. That's right. And you're ready. Yeah, we're counting down till that uh, last day of school and pool opening. And Kimberly, I know that you wear several different hats. I mean, you are a professor of theology at Anderson University. You also, though, have a passion for ministry called Stripped Love. I do. And what does Stripped Love do? Who do, who is the beneficiary of Stripped Love? Stripped Love serves women who are victims of domestic sex trafficking and commercial sex exploitation. Uh, so we're passionate about walking with women as they transition out of um, lives of uh, bondage in those sorts of situations. And it's no small thing, and we're not talking about far away, right here in your own hometown, as well as in this country, the United States, where we are today. Uh, This is a real thing. A real thing in every town, in every city, in every small village um, uh, in the United States. This is happening, and it's happening in strip clubs and massage parlors, but predominantly online these days. And that whole ministry, and thank you for that, Kimberly, because you have inspired many, many folks to come alongside, and there are many great stories of redemption and liberty and being set free. It is a story of a fallen world, a world that once uh, was better Mm -hmm. and has devolved. That's right. And it's devolved in the way in which it understands human sexuality. And that's what leads to the kind of trafficking and abuse and uh, slavery. For sure. We talk about sex trafficking as uh, systemic, right? This This is the outworking of another more deep problem. Something in the human heart. That's right. And you may not be engaged in sex trafficking. You may not have ever had any exposure to that side of this broken world, but all of us understand human sexuality. All of us are sexual beings, and all of us have our own challenges, our struggles, our stretching points, and what starts in the human heart, whether it be for the good or the bad, can have huge consequences. Today on Viewpoint, we're going to talk about how our sexuality and our sense of self intersects and affects those we care most about. We're so excited to have with us two guests who are willing to tell their story, and we hope you'll stay with us. We're going to be right back. Kimberly Majeski and I are here on Viewpoint today, and we're so thrilled to welcome two very great souls, Rob and Sherilyn Rensberger. Thanks for coming alongside. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hi. And uh, Rob and Sherilyn are married. How long have you been married, Rob? About 22 and a half years. About 22 and a half. So what's that wedding anniversary, Sherilyn? What day is it? August 12th. August 12th. Mm-hmm. She knows it. She's yeah. got it down. And... Uh, and those 22 years, you also have some children. Sherilyn, how many? We have two children. Two children. Um, one boy and one girl. And are they far along in life? Anybody at home still? Actually, um, our son just moved to Cincinnati, and so we're empty nesters now, I guess oh my. you could say. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And where do you live, Rob? Uh, we live in Wabash, Indiana. Wabash, Indiana. It sounds like like a song, like some kind of <laughs> sultry song of the summertime with lightning bugs and stuff. Isn't there a song about the Wabash in Indiana? Yes. It's a river, the Wabash, and you're in a town called the Wabash, mm-hmm. which I presume is on the river. Yes, it's on the Wabash River. How long have you lived there? We've lived there 13 years. 13 years. And uh, what took you to Wabash? I took a pastorate there. 
So you're a local pastor in Wabash. Yes. And uh, Sherilyn, would you say Wabash is home? Yes, very much so. It's mm-hmm. kind of a small town. Yeah. It's a little bigger than where I grew up, but it's but it's still a small town compared to most places. And it's the kind of place <laughs> where if you went to the supermarket, you'd see people you know and the bank and so oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. All-American, uh, Wabash, Indiana, so fine. And we're so glad you're here today because you have a story to tell us, not just about Wabash and not just about your vocation, not about your family, although all of those things are impacted by your story. And when we come back, Rob, I want to help you unpack a little bit why you're here on Viewpoint today and some of the things you've learned about life. We'll be right back. If my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life, they come. And the road ahead gets steep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe I remind myself of all that you did And the life I have because of your sight Love came down and rescued me
As you're listening to Viewpoint today, we want you to know we're always glad to hear from you. And I want to give you a toll-free number. It's good 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call us up with your questions, your prayer requests, your thoughts. We're so glad to hear from you always. I'll give you this number again at the end of our program, but for now, write this down. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear your voice. Kimberly Majeski and I are here with Rob and Sherilyn Rensberger. They're from Wabash, Indiana, and they have a story to tell. And Rob, what is your story? I mean, you're a regular guy. You're, you love your wife. You've been married for 22 years. You've raised two children. You're a pastor. What happened that brought you here today? Well, it um, has to do with pornography. I was growing up. I got involved in pornography in junior high and high school. And when you say you got involved, you were exposed to porn. Yes. And, and you liked it. Yes. Hid it from everybody, you know, because it's a shameful thing. You don't want people to know. You felt guilty about it. Yes. And you were accessing porn online, or this was print media? What was no, it? This was before the Internet, so it was just magazines. You're still a pretty young guy, but I get it. Okay, so <laughs> you're, you're looking at magazines, okay, and then what? I went into the Air Force after high school and continued to do that magazines and um and the culture in the in the military you know it's kind of like that you know it was normal um, yes, in a way yes. in your community at the time yep. yes but i still felt guilty still knew it wasn't something i should be doing why do you think you had that i mean what what was going on inside of you in a world that said this is normal this is healthy or appropriate and you're still struggling with it why why do you think my family isn't a religious family my mom and dad don't go to church, um, but I started going to church when I was in junior high and went through high school. And so I had been exposed to, you know, Christian morality um, and different things like that to know what, what's right and what's wrong. And just probably just something inside of me knowing that, you know, this isn't the proper way. This isn't what I should be doing. But there's something deep down inside of you that's saying, this is not healthy for you, Rob. Yes. Now you're in the Air Force and you're still there. Then what? At that time, I really didn't try to control it or, or manage it. You know, it was just a part of my life. But when I came back from the Air Force, I started going back to church mainly out of habit because yeah. I went to church when I was in high school. And because of probably the pornography, but also just because I had this overwhelming sense of loneliness, I hadn't been able to find what I was looking for in the world when I was in the Air Force. And so I came home and I there was just this deep, deep need in me, and it was just all this loneliness. And when I would go to church on Sunday morning for the worship service, the, the messages seemed like the pastor was zeroing in on me every week. It was like, he's just preaching to me. Supernaturally, really. It was like, yes. how does this guy know what's yes. going on in my yes. head? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And it was just such a deep need. It was speaking to me. And after a few months, I realized that I know what I needed to do. I needed to give it all over to Jesus. And, and that's what I did. I threw away all the magazines, decided I wasn't going to be involved in pornography anymore. And this wasn't just about porn, though. You're describing a situation where, as a young man, you decided, I'm going to follow Jesus, yes. and that's going to own all of my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you understood that the porn piece had to fly out the window, too. Yes. yes. Gotcha. All right. But one of the things with pornography is that when you look at it, it embeds itself in your mind. And even though I got rid of the magazines and I wasn't looking at anything like that, it was still all up in my head. 
And so I still struggled with that. One of the things is, Rob, we know it creates this appetite, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very hard. It's almost like, well, it is like drug addiction, the parts Mm -hmm. of your brain that that it affects. And um, after you consume porn, then you need more and more to kind of um, get you to that place that it's satisfying or gratifying. Yes, it's very consuming. Uh, But I was struggling. I was trying to resist it. But it still was was there, and this this sexual pressure would build up, you know, and so I would have issues. Uh, when Cheryl and I started dating, over the course of probably after the first six eight months or year, you know, we knew it was this was serious, and we're looking at marriage, and so I started to share some of the issues I had, but there were still the those underlying issues, and we naively thought that you know once we get married and we are a couple where we're sexually active, that all that would go away and it wouldn't be an issue. Um, but once we got married, it was only a few months before that became an issue. But let me just pause, Rob. I'm so impressed that as a couple dating, you were so honest. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> Let's just say that, That's right. that, was, that was the right thing to do. And Sherilyn, as you heard him explain that to you and you're thinking about, is this the man I want to marry? What did you think? I had... Um, also experienced some things outside of marriage. Um, I had been date raped, and then that had kind of led me down the path of just not feeling so much about myself anymore, and other things happened. With those different things having happened in my life, I knew that that the Lord still had worked something in me and helping me to deal with those things, and that He was forgiving and able to, to help me to walk through that. But, you know, if you know, we all have sin. Some people's sin looks different than other sins, and and this is what he was dealing with. And I just, I guess, I thought, you know what? God can help take care of that too. He can help heal that, and and we'll be okay. It'll you be under, all right. You understood it's a broken we, world, and you yeah. believe the Lord would help bring healing. Yeah, and He has, but maybe not just yes. quite in the way you imagined. Yeah. And we did not know, not in the way I imagined at all. But I, but the Lord has just done such a a great work as we've progressed. I'm hearing you say you had been a victim of these yes. sorts of mm-hmm. appetites, and then sort of a, you had survived it. You were mm-hmm. a survivor, and so yes. you knew the power mm-hmm. of that. Um, but sometimes we think just magically things happen, and, the, and we don't have to do the work, maybe. Yeah. Well, when we come back, I want to talk about doing the work and uh, pick up Rob's story, how he entered his marriage and found himself still struggling to the place where you are today. We'll be right back. To Jesus I surrender all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily.
On Viewpoint today, we're talking about something really important. It's about the way in which we understand the management of our own sexuality. And our guests are Rob and Sherilyn Rensberger. And Rob's been telling us about how he struggled uh, with a healthy management of his sexuality. Even after he got married, he thought he might uh, have an easier time managing some of the darker draws of his sexuality, but it, it wasn't true. He, he had issues still, and he felt ashamed and guilty about the way in which he was accessing porn, for instance. So what has happened uh, in those years since, Rob, that has brought you to a place of, of wholeness? Well, like I said, after Cheryl and I were married a few months into it, this issue came up. And so that reoccurred over the years, the first probably 10 years of our marriage. Um, I would go for a while, months or weeks, and then I'd have an episode. Uh, I still hadn't been accessing pornography. I'd stayed away from that. I knew how consuming it was. I knew if I started into that again, it would just take over everything. You knew it was dangerous. Yes. But you still didn't feel free. No, I was not free. Up until around 2010, 2011, I would have said, this is just residue effect from my pornography use. And I knew it was hurting her so much so that when I would tell her when I would have an episode, I could see the hurt. Um, But over those years, I, I didn't understand the depth of that hurt. And I would find relief when I would confess to her, but then it was like dumping all of that on her and it was just Became compiling. a burden for her then. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and over the years, even though, like I said, I wasn't viewing pornography, I had it up in my head. And there were things that I would do that it wasn't pornography, but it was sexual in nature that I would see or look at or listen to, and that would build that sexual pressure and lead to these episodes. There was a gentleman in our community who, he's a fellow pastor, he started a ministry several years ago called Freely Give Ministry, and he helps men who are in sexual sin or sexual addiction. And he had came to our ministerial association and shared about this ministry. So I had one of his pamphlets in my office, and so I called him. And I talked to him, and we met and decided I decided to go through this Bible study with him to help with the, this issue. And so the, the Bible study that he took me through was based on a book called Walk of Repentance um, by another ministry called Pure Life Ministry. And as we went through this Bible study, he helped me understand the selfishness that was in me, the pride that was in me. And he helped me also to see and understand that I can't just pray and ask for forgiveness and ask God to take this away and then continue to do everything I'm still doing. Something has to change in my life. And what he liked to say is that you have to do your part. You have to do the work that God requires of you. He's gonna do his part but you have to do your part. And he said a lot of people don't want to do the work. He said it comes down to oftentimes it it looks like somebody in coveralls doing the hard work because that's what it is. He said he has a little magic wand, a little play wand. He said what people want, they want to take out this wand and ding and everything goes away. And he said it doesn't work like that. I want to highlight something, Jim, here that Rob is saying that's so important. I heard you say that you wanted to be accountable to Cheryl. I mean, you did the right thing. You shared with her, but then you took on her suffering. You know, you knew you were hurting her. It's so important in this cycle that folks do what you did, find this outside accountability, um, someone trustworthy, someone, obviously, we, we try to think someone of, of your same sex, right, that you can go to and share this um, this kind of uh, issue and um, get 
get that cycle broken. We know that some 57% of pastors, Jim, struggle with pornography. Um, so you are <laughs> you are not alone. This is so pervasive in the church because we hide and because as pastors, as leaders, we don't want to share with any sort of outside person that this is a struggle that we have. And you broke the cycle by getting accountability through, through this ministry and through this person that was trustworthy and um, informed. We believe that the scripture itself is supernatural. Is there a particular passage that has been meaningful or empowering for you? Um, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 31 is one that's stuck with me over the years. It's become an anchor. Yes. Kimberly, you've got that. What does that say? Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The passage talks about how Jesus comes alongside. And I know, Rob, that's your experience. And as you have made these decisions, you've you've been honest with yourself and with others. You've held yourself accountable. You've developed a plan. You have immersed yourself in the scripture and in the knowledge of the Lord's presence and all of that. You have come through the valley. I'm guessing that it's a lifetime. I'm a guy just like you. Uh, it, it's always something that you have to pay attention to. Yes. But having done all that hard work, would, how would you describe your life is better? Uh, your wife is sitting right here, and uh, next week we want to talk to her a little bit about her journey. But right now, mm-hmm. from Rob's experience, are you in a better place? Do you feel more complete? Are you more free? So since I've went through this process and, and found that healing and found that help, my life's better because I'm not focused on the pornography or the, the sexual thoughts. I'm focused on what I can do as a husband, as a father, as a person in society. It's not that consuming, I got to have this or I got to do that. So it's helping me be a better person. I can look myself in the mirror and know who I am. There's so much here in your story, Rob. Thank you for being so honest, being willing to step forward onto the radio online and to share something so personal. But I know there are people listening to us today who completely resonate with what you've said, because it is an issue of all human life and experience, how we come to terms with ourselves, how we manage our sexuality and and define ourselves, and what we consider to be appropriate and inappropriate, and the shame and guilt that is so much a part of the whole scenario. It is a key to life, and we're here at Viewpoint wanting to give life. Thank you for helping to open the door for conversation. And we want to invite everyone listening today, wherever you are in life, maybe you yourself identify with Rob's story. Maybe you're married to someone that makes this story relevant to you. Maybe you're just in relationship to someone and you're trying to figure out what to do next. Wherever you are in life, we want you to know God knows And God is willing and able, and he's right here if you're willing to just engage him. How do you do that? Start right now with us by praying. Pray with us right now. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us, everyone by name. 
We're thankful that you have created us fearfully and wonderfully made and that you've created us to be sexual beings within your creative design. But Lord, we also understand that this world is a broken place and your design has often been compromised by sin. And we just ask, Lord, for everyone who's joining us in this prayer, if they're struggling with their sexuality, with their conduct, with their thoughts, with their relationships, help them to know, Lord, you understand and you are willing and able to help set things right. Thank you for hearing our prayer. And for everyone who has joined us in this prayer, who is seeking help, we pray that within the next 30 days, they will find the help they need to start a new journey. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, give us a call. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're by the phone. We want to hear your voice and we'll help bridge you to local resources and places that you can find the help that you're looking for in Jesus' name. Kimberly, if someone didn't want to call us, weren't sure they wanted to talk on the phone, what else could they do? You can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll respond. That's right, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, that's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us up, check us out online, or use the post, please, let us hear from you this week. We'd be so proud to come alongside. And we hope that you'll join us next week as we continue talking to the Rensburgers. And we're going to hear from Sherilyn about what it's like to walk alongside in a marriage with a man who's trying to figure out how to manage his own sexuality. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, thanks for being with us. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.